Welcome to the Data-Driven CX Podcast by Informatica. In this podcast, the fundamentals, real-life practices, and impact of data-driven CX are explored in conversations with industry thought leaders and successful business leaders. In this episode, we answer the questions CX professionals have when it comes to data-driven CX. I'm your host, Nienke Bloom global thought leader and educator in CX. And my guest today is one of these industry thought leaders. Her name is Jennifer McGinn. She's a senior director of product marketing at Informatica and board member at the Four Patton Foundation. So happy to have this conversation today with this female thought leader. But before we go into data-driven CX, welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you, Nika. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to uh, to discussing this uh, you know data-driven CX topic with you. Yeah, and, and before we dive into that, because I always, of course, do some research, and I read that you are, and I also shared already with the listener, board member at the Four Batten Foundation. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Four Batten Foundation was formed about four years ago after my twin nieces were diagnosed with a devastating rare disease called Batten disease. And uh, Batten disease affects affects children. Um they have experienced vision loss, seizures, and reduced mobility, and it is the most devastating thing you can imagine. Um, so we started Forbatten Foundation as a family to fund critical research and also support other families with Batten disease. And I'm really honored um, that my family has entrusted me in working with the foundation and putting my corporate marketing skills to work in such an amazing project and hopefully something that will really change the lives of um, children of rare disease going forward. So yeah, very, very important foundation and project to me personally. Well, thank you so much for sharing and also um, incredible that you do this because um, I think this is really purpose-driven, right? What we talk about a lot of in CX, but this is much, of course, connected on the personal side. And well, moving up then to your role, if you had to explain to, well, somebody who is not really in our profession, what, what your role is within Informatica. How would you describe it? Sure. So as a product marketer at Informatica, I really take our technical solutions and articulate the value, the business value that our software brings to organizations across every industry around the globe. So I help our sellers to share the benefits as well as the features and functions of our solutions. I ensure that Every prospect and client knows who we are and what we can do for them. And, you know, do that through blogging, presentations, and podcasts like yours. I think that's really fabulous. And to all our listeners, know that in the show notes, we're going to put some of your blogs um, because they probably want to want to learn more. When you look at data-driven CX, uh, this podcast, we're going to talk about the questions that CX professionals have. And I think we're going to answer them. And And let's just... Start with the first one. Um, when it comes to customer experience and IT synergy, people say, I'm focused on the customer. Why, why should I care about data? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the most basic question, right? Is is many leaders across different areas of the business, especially CX, kind of say, well, like, my job's in the customer and making sure the customer experience is good. So what does data have to do with it, right? And, you know, CX leaders should really care about data because Data is the foundation of everything. It's the foundation of good marketing, sales, support, but customer success. But I kind of flip this question on them and say, I think that IT leaders should be just as focused on the customer 
as CX leaders need to rely on data. So it's an IT leader, a data architect, an enterprise architect's responsibility to ensure that CX leaders and other business leaders can trust the data, have the ability to access it in a very easy and useful way, and then can put it into action and see the results. So there needs to be this kind of symbiotic relationship and very close synergy between CX and IT so that CX roles care about that data, trust it, use it, have access to it, and IT provides the tools and the data centered around the customer, putting that customer front and center so that everyone can be successful. You know, if a technology is put in place that doesn't improve the customer experience, then that technology shouldn't be put in place. Um, So we need this relationship to just go back and forth. Organizations are really putting the customer front and center with customer centricity strategies. I've talked recently with Forrester, the analyst firm, who terms it, uh, you know, customer obsession. Um, Accenture's been talking about the business of experience, kind of elevating customer experience beyond just marketing, beyond just customer, but really that everyone in the organization's focused on it. And and data is such a big foundation. So yeah, that that relationship needs to go all around. Yeah, when in our former podcast, when we had the conversation with uh, Theo Fenderstein, um, he also talked a lot about biases and that you mm-hmm. need to you need more data to overcome biases because there are so many organizational biases around the customer. Do you recognize that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think bias comes into play a lot where even in analytics, right, um, you need to make sure that you have all the information when you're feeding analytical systems um, and you're not just making it off of gut, right, gut decisions or assumptions about customer groups or segments. Um, So really being able to have that full customer picture, you know, data's got so complex. There's so much of it, even in the, especially in the digital era. There's also more self-service needed out there, demanded by the customer, and even influenced by things like, you know, the pandemic that we've been living through over the last 20 months or so. So those examples require a lot of technology. They require a lot of data um, to ensure that you're overcoming that bias that could be inherent in both technology as well as human decisions. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. And another question I get a lot, uh, and especially for CX professionals, we have so many applications that touch mm-hmm. the customer and so much data. It's across all these customer journeys and often it's silo driven. But how do I prioritize my time and efforts when it comes to all this whole data perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you always think of this kind of start small and grow fast, right? Um, kind of yeah. figuring out that low-hanging fruit. But but how do you do that when there's kind of this connected web of problems to solve, if you will, right? You got to know where to start. You got to know what are the most important problems to solve. And that's really by having conversations across the business and understanding what are your goals and objectives, right? Sometimes you kind of jump into one shiny new toy, right? The sexy new technology out there. And you got to kind of think through not just identifying a data strategy. We've kind of transitioned at Informatica from starting working with our customers with an enterprise architecture to kind of taking that step back and doing a business value roadmap. So identifying value statements, working across different departments to understand where the priorities lie, what the expectations are, identifying those business projects and the expected outcomes, and then identifying what data capabilities are needed to support and execute on those. That really comes with 
like governance program. And a lot of times we think of governance as adhering to regulations or compliance, right? And that that is a big component of governance. But the ones that can take that up a level and use data governance to get all stakeholders together and on the same page are really the ones that are able to prioritize and then build out those projects in a in a timeline, in a succession that really sets you up for success. So I don't know, are you kind of seeing organizations take that step back and really plan for the business to to prioritize their time and effort? Is that kind of a, a trend you're seeing as well versus just diving into a technology? No, 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 no. What I see a lot is that I, maybe I even see that they think too much ah. um, and <laughs> maybe not on the governance part. Um, I see a lot of them, uh, and I think this is a very interesting thing. I have this philosophy of finding the truth and making the truth. And what I mean with that, data makes you find the truth. Where are customers? What are mm-hmm. they finding? But to create, like, where should we start? What data should we pick? It's it, You cannot find it. You have to make the truth. What is the governance that we need? Who's responsible? On what tactical level? Uh, what are agreements that we have? Where is it discussed? Uh, who, who decides what? Uh, do we only look at... Um, at the history, or do we also want to take operational actions based on data? And what I see a lot is that customer experience professionals often are trying to find the truth in this. And they can find the truth if they hire a consultant like yours, because I think that is where you find the truth. You've done it before. But too many customer experience professionals are finding the truth in their own organizations without help. Mm. And that is that is difficult because there is no truth out there yet. If you've never done this before, I think you have to make the truth and to create this strategy to to take this step back. What you said, yeah, um, and to really define where you want to go and and what you said the, the most important goal and objective. And I think governance is a, a very important plan uh, of that. Yeah, so I recognize it, and but I think too many are trying to find the truth on their own. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, that analysis by paralysis, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's a, I, I recognize that much more. And yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing because you have to show the results mm-hmm. in the end, uh, especially what you said, start small. You have to prove some results before exactly. you can grow it in a larger uh, projects or programs. So yeah, you have, you have to somewhere start, but not just start like a chicken without a head. But uh, right. You know, yeah. those point <laughs> solutions, sometimes like they create additional fragmentation in silos, which is one of the big challenges yeah. you're trying to overcome. Um, so we've been working with organizations on, you know, finding those projects that are going to show value, but doing it in a way that's like a data platform. So that yeah. enables you to be agile so that the next project isn't isn't reinventing. It's not starting from scratch. It's additive. Yeah, I think it's it's very important to find those projects. And we're going to start later in how to start, but that's not what we're going to ask first. Mm-hmm. Um, what we see, especially in the last well, year and a half, CX and customer experience management and all these channels is changing so fast because of COVID. But everything changed. And we had uh, in one of our uh, editions, we had Sarah from TTC and uh, she told us about what they did in the well, in a short time, and that COVID accelerated change. But how can having a data strategy enable like a CX professional to pivot faster? Yeah, I think that pivoting is uh, what everyone's been forced to deal with lately, right? I mean, you've got organizations that are not digital native being forced to become more digital. You've got, yeah. you've got consumers, shoppers that 
would never dream of doing something digitally, now buying online and wanting to pick up in store, right? You really, organizations in every industry had to pivot. And I actually like to answer this question with a story. You know, we work with a bank in Asia, Union uh, Union Bank of the Philippines, and their story to me during COVID is so unique. It was it was so transformational and so almost inspirational. So they had a complete view of their customer by using Informatica's Customer 360 solution. They were able to understand where their customers were, what they needed, and when they went when that country went down into lockdown the bank recognized that they had to go to where their customers were, some in very rural areas. So they actually took their bank on the road. Think of kind of like a food truck with an ATM in it. And they traveled out to these areas where they knew their customers were and literally brought banking solutions to them. And they could do this, create these mobile banking units because they understood where their customers were and what they needed. They had this view of their customers. They brought together all their different accounts and they could provide this service in the most uncertain times. Um, And I just think that is such an inspirational story, a great example of putting the customer front and center in their decisions, in their strategic initiatives, and, you know, overcoming kind of a really scary time for everybody. Yeah. Uh, So I think that story is a great idea of how a data strategy enabled them to pivot very quickly and really change their whole business model uh, in a short time. I think that's, that's an amazing, uh, and, and what I, well, let's be honest, there's not much good out of COVID, but the, the, the the change that within companies came and the way that we can meet is, is so much, has so much grown and of course accelerated. And, and looking at this transformation, I'm, I think many of the CX leaders that I have educated and that, I, that are in my mastermind, they, they ask, you know, we have to make this transformation. We have to make this big shift uh, from being either product or process-centered to be a customer-centric organization. But where does data come in? Yeah. So, you know, traditionally, so many companies oriented their systems around accounts. I mean, I'll give another banking example, right? You've got a, a a checking account, a savings account, a mortgage, uh, maybe a business account. And all those could be in separate systems with the u- unique identifier being the account number. Well, with data, we can flip that on its head and make all of those systems turn towards a customer unique identifier. And that means that not only do we have a view of the customer, but we know every account they have. We know if they belong to a household or a network. We can see relationships. And we kind of shift everything from being about those accounts or about the products that are owned to being about that customer experience. Another example is a hotel brand. We've worked with a hotel brand in the past that flipped everything from being about individual properties. If they had maybe different brands across their properties, or they segmented their customers between business, travelers, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? The not business not travel. business, Not <laughs> business travelers, right? And they wanted to look at that customer just as an individual and understand all the different times they traveled. So they oriented their systems accordingly, and they were able to get that broader view of the customer. They were also able to empower their employees with data so that when someone checked in at a property, that person helping them really had a complete view. They knew if they were traveling for leisure or for business. They knew some of their preferences, like pillow type, or if they wanted sparkling or still water in their room. 
We tell one great story about actually an Informatica employee who checked in at this hotel brand, knew that Informatica's data was kind of behind the scenes, and they were greeted with the most amazing customer experience, personalized experience. They had stayed at a previous property a month before and had asked about running trails in the area. This particular check-in was at a different property across the globe in a different country, but that person helping to check them in had knowledge of that previous request and preference, and they were able to greet them with running trails in the area, a book on running, you know, and a, and a have a great run message. Amazing, unexpected. They really created this irrational emotional bond with the customer and made that customer a customer for life, increasing loyalty. And that was all done because they oriented their systems around data, moving from a product or account-centric to customer-centric, and they empowered their employees with data and with a culture that was do whatever it takes to make that guest happy. And I, I really love that story of it brings the technology and the human element together. I, th- I think it's fabulous because what we often see is these plans are there. And I like the, the second part of your sentence that they, they created the culture of enablement, but also of a drive. Yeah. And that is often what is missing, that it's it's the technology that's put in place. But you don't have anything with that technology if you don't have the people that, like in the former hotel, put into the system that this client was a trail runner. Yeah. So I think it's the hard and the soft side, and you need to combine it both. I, I like that a lot in this transformative example yeah. that you're given. It, Thank it you still so much. comes down to people, process, and technology, and people's a huge part of it. It's, you know, orienting systems can actually create that shift in culture to put that customer yeah. first, and, and that stems from the top down. Yeah. Um, other questions we, we, we often hear is the privacy part mm-hmm. and uh, GDPR. Uh, how can I provide a great customer experiences, some which require hyper-personalized interactions without being creepy and even potentially getting in trouble? Yeah. I mean, with that example before, right? It, knowing that they like yeah. running, I, is that is that creepy or is that great customer experience? And um, if it's done in the right way, it's not creepy. It's great customer experience. And, you know, at the technology level and kind of behind the scenes, Informatica is really managing or can help you manage preferences, contact and communication preferences, as well as policy information when it comes to things like GDPR, like you mentioned. So there's the regulatory side that is, you know, very well managed and governed within Informatica's solutions. That note on, on the customer profile, that flag is carried through no matter where that customer record goes. Um, and is made available to the systems and the individuals that need it to ensure that they can, you know, adhere to that that privacy preference. But there's also this concept of, you know, when should I, what is the communication preference? Do they want to be emailed? Do they want to be called? Do they not want to be called? Do they want to be texted? And those preferences can change with different areas of your business, maybe from a marketing standpoint, they only want to be emailed. But from a billing standpoint, they want to have a text message. And those you know, need to be kept in sync and ensured that they're adhering to those. There's an example with KPMG, a, a global you know, service provider. And theirs gets into the nitty gritty of how can data be used? So it's not just contact preferences. It goes down to when they're, you know, doing a tax return for a large corporation, how and where can that data be used? And that 
terms and conditions within that contract needs to follow that that organization and that project through. So we're dealing with some pretty important uh, important terms here, and we need to ensure that we're using those preferences to deliver great customer experience, not be creepy, and ensure that we're not getting people in trouble. Yeah, and I think it's interesting what you say. It's about the creepy, but the creepy is it is personal, and you should test that. Like when you go do things, and maybe. If, if it's creepy at one, but if it's not creepy for 99, it's a really, really still good idea. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and also try things out, do uh, do testing on, on site. And that's, yeah, you need the data because otherwise you can't. Absolutely. Well, then, and then much more on the execution and maybe even operational side or and, and, and a tactical level. People are looking at the next best action and the next best offer analytics. And of course, we want to predict and we want to. Uh, we're a business, so we need to sell more mm-hmm. and sell better. And it, it seems to be less successful because we don't understand who our best customers are. Mm-hmm. How can I improve my underlying data so my analytics improve and I can do better marketing and sales offers? Yeah, I mean, I think that this question, when we get it, is really the number one thing. Uh, CX professionals, marketing professionals have inve- have invested in, as I said before, kind of these shiny new toys like you know, next best offer and recommendation engines, and they're not putting in the best data. So we've got a garbage in, garbage out scenario. They might be getting, you know, predictive analytics that just aren't delivering on the expectations that they thought they were. And that's because it's not being fed with great data. So how can you understand, you know, what to do with a customer unless you unless you have that complete view of the customer? So What's neat is to really be able to connect data across all different systems, across interactions and transactions, across profile information to really get that complete view so that you're then powering those analytic systems with better data, getting better results. You know, I hear a lot of a lot of CX professionals, marketing professionals have literally gotten burned by technology, right? And they don't trust it. So sometimes we'll show a CX professional, a a customer 360 dashboard that's part of an Informatica solution with all this kind of under the covers, hard, hard work going on to match data, to identify, to resolve identities, to ensure high data quality, to even verify addresses, to identify relationships and households. We'll show them this amazing dashboard and they won't believe it. Right. It, they've got yeah. this they've got this distrust in data because they've been burned before. But it's really it's really these data capabilities that are going to help to improve the results of these CX tools like journey mapping and the analytics we talked about. So without getting that underlying data correct, you're you're not going to get the next best action correct or the next best offer. So we need to kind of do the hard work underneath to make those shiny new toys perform great. Yeah, and when what I often see is when they finally get like a dashboard like that, they're like, "Wow!" Yeah, and this absolutely. is something like then data becomes information, and it, it it gives you the option to to start making to getting decisions, and then all these. Well, we're already getting to the end of the the conversation. It always goes so fast, and we always ask three questions. So I'm going to ask them to you, uh, your professional view, where to start when it comes to data driven CX. Where to start? Yeah, you know, I think where to start is really getting a complete view of that customer. And it sounds like a really big start, right? But if you've got customer information that is set up across so many different silos, you need to reduce the complexity because we've got 
so much data. You need to reduce the fragmentation and you need to be able to deliver at the speed that customers want. And so to do that, you need a platform, a data platform. You need to democratize data and make it available to folks so they can act on it. And then you need to be able to identify insights from your data. It's not just about bringing the data together. It's about identifying patterns and trends and then serving it up to the individuals that can then take action on it. So create a data platform, democratize data, make it available, and then get those insights so you can act on it. Yeah, what what I like what you're saying is start with the complete view of your customer. And it is this project, this big gorilla in the room that people are like, oh, but this is what you need. If you don't know who your customer is and you don't have that right information in 360 view, it's... Yeah, yeah. Was lost. it really underpins <laughs> everything else, right? Yeah. You can have yeah. the best analytic tools out there, but if you're feeding it garbage, you're going to get garbage. Yeah, yeah. So that's the honest truth to you people out there. What absolutely not to do when it comes to data-driven CX? <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Yeah. I, you know, I think, that, I think that some people would say don't create more silos, but... I think silos are an inherent part of being able to move at the speed that customers demand. So instead of reducing silos, kind of flip that thought on its head and bring data together, right? But allow the individual silos, the individual solutions and systems to kind of run at their own. So don't try to cut out all of the important customer-facing technology that's out there. Figure out how to make it work together better. So It's not necessarily about reducing the amount of tools you have out there. It's about bringing the data together underneath. All right. Nice. Nice. Kind of Um, a different thought, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, of course. We we like to be a little bit provocative. We're not here to tell everybody what they already know. (laughs) Um, So thank you for that. Um, And what to absolutely do? Your big number one tip in data-driven CX. Oh, I think it's all about the culture that we talked about, right? It's all about every single solitary employee, every function of the business, putting the customer front and center. And that needs to be a culture thing. You know, at Informatica, we've got this do good and we want to do good for our customer. So our corporate values are putting our customer front and center. And I think it needs to start at that level. It needs to be part of the corporate vision. You need to become customer obsessed, like Forrester says. Um, if If something doesn't positively impact the customer, then don't do it. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for the conversation. And I think also this rounds up the conversation. Do good. You did really good in this conversation. You shared really great insights, but also you do good as a board member at the Four Patton Foundation. <laughs> so kudos to you. And thank you so much um, for being a guest, taking the time and sharing these wonderful gems in the conversation. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to the Data-Driven CX podcast. Today, we answer Data-Driven CX questions that CX professionals have. My major insight is actually that you need to have this unique identifier across the organizations or a group of organizations that are alike. And the example of the hotel and the trail runner that a colleague of Informatica had, it showed for me the importance of that element, but also how the employee could give this great customer experience because that data was there. Another insight, a second insight I get from this example, is the importance of the customer-centric culture. Because you can think of all data strategies, all platforms that you want, but if people are not embracing and living it, your employees, there will be no result in the end. 
I'm grateful for the wonderful conversation we had today. Please be welcome to connect to Jennifer McGinn through LinkedIn. Her information is in the show notes. In the next episode, we'll meet Trevor Hodges, Associate Director, Informatica Professional Services. And we explore the who, how, and what when it comes to data-driven CX. And yes, to learn more about data-driven CX, go to informatica.com slash CX. And of course, check out our notes for more resources. 